welcome back to Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Melissa Lima, North Coast and Organic Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Darby Toth, Technical Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. Today, we're so excited to bring you an interview with Annie Akmudi, our Western United Dairies economist, covering everything dairymen should know about the price support proposals Western United Dairymen has supported at the federal level. Darby, you had a few minutes to chat with Annie today. Can you give us a little sneak peek? Yeah, I had a great conversation with Annie today. I think she really broke down a lot of the questions that people have about the proposal, as well as what the proposal really contains. Great. Well, without further ado, let's listen to Annie and Darby's conversation. Okay, so we briefly discussed the proposal from NMPF and IDFA in our podcast last Friday, but with all the questions surrounding the topic, this episode will delve into more details. The proposal was submitted to USDA, so the ball is now in the agency's court as they determine how funds from the CARES Act should be used. There is $9.5 billion available to assist farmers, but it must be divided between different commodities. So what is the proposal exactly? Okay, so there's multiple um, pieces in this proposal. And the main ask is a payment of $3 per hundredweight on milk produce if a producer's volume is 10% lower than its production um, in March of 2020. And so to get payments for April, for example, your April production would need to be down 10% from where it was in March. Um, This plan is temporary, so it would be in place from April to September of 2020. And the reason behind this concept is really addressing two issues. One, it provides financial assistance that is needed because milk prices have really plummeted in last month. Second, it really gets to the current oversupply situation. Um, The collapse of the food service industry coupled with export disruptions at a time when milk production typically hits its peak has really created a, a big gap between dairy supply and demand. And that excess supply is estimated to be at least 10% right now. That is why the $3 per hundred with payment assistance uh, proposed in this plan is tied to production reduction because the faster the supply can adjust to the demand, the faster we can put the brakes on this price decline. For California dairies, achieving the 10% may be mandated anyway, depending on who's the processor. Uh, We've heard reports of dairy farmers having to cut back by over 20% in certain cases this week. So the, the pro- program as proposed would be retroactive to April 2020. So even if this doesn't pass, you know, this week or next week, it, it seems like April uh, might be included. So if producers can demonstrate a 10% reduction uh, from March 2020, then the milk for that month would uh, qualify for payments. Okay. And do we think that that 10% is going to really be enough to make a difference in the supply-demand gap? Well, a lot. Uh, this, you know, depends on um, how this crisis evolves. If things settle down fast and the industry industry is able to reopen for business, this could be the temporary fix that the industry needs to rebalance things out. But if shelter-in-place orders are prolonged through summer, some restaurants may not be able to make it through that long of a financially uh, difficult period. And if they close, they will not be there when the country reopens for business, and that would further slow down the recovery and demand for the food service industry. Uh, We have to keep in mind there's a lot of money being injected in the economy through the government stimulus package, though. So hopefully this will allow many businesses to weather this storm, even if it lasts a little bit longer than uh, we'd like it to. 
And if this 10% cutback works out and milk prices recover, are these payments going to continue if that happens? In the proposal, um, there is a, a measure to, to prevent that, although this would be a really a good problem to have. But payments during uh, any one of the months would be suspended if the average of the class three and class four prices for that month uh, went over $16 per hundred weight. Okay, so I think a lot of uh, producers would be happy for that to happen yeah. as opposed to getting money from the government. Um, so who's going to administer the program if the USDA decides to accept it? And how would a producer apply this based on all the social distancing rules that still exist? Yeah, nothing is set in the proposal specifically, uh, but it is likely USDA would set up an online application process or allow by phone applications instead of in-person visits. I mean, FSA, for example, already deals with farmers' production records because of the DMC program. So I could see that being a good place to start. But at this point, that's mostly speculation. So um, that being said, um, we did uh, talk about the first part of this plan. But I think we kind of have to go over um, some of the other parts of the proposal that are uh, really key. And the second big one that addresses the supply and demand imbalance um, through a donation program. And so substantial volumes of dairy products for feeding programs, you know, that'd be really helpful if we could move um, those products because that would satisfy two objectives. One, it creates demand for dairy products, which would help stabilize the markets. And then it also helps address surging food insecurity as the economy contracts. And so a lot of people um, are having financial issues. So it really serves um, two great purposes. Moving dairy products out of inventory into the hands of those who need it is really uh, critical at this time where unemployment has really been um, skyrocketing. The proposal uh, in particular suggests large quantities of powder, fresh milk, butter, and cheese should be purchased. Um, and additionally, to facilitate the purchasing of dairy, the proposal suggests modifying uh, federal feeding programs to eliminate restrictions that limit consumer choice um, in the WIC and the school lunch program. Okay, that seems like a really effective way to address two really pressing problems at once. Um, you've gone into a lot of depth, but is there anything else we should know about the proposal? Yes, actually, there's one major third component, I would say, and that is to reopen the dairy market, uh, dairy margin coverage for 2020. Uh, nationally, only 48% of dairies are enrolled in DMC for 2020. In California, it's only 43%. And this percentage really doesn't give us information about the level of coverage that was selected. If dairies are enrolled at the minimum, let's say the $4 margin, uh, doesn't look like the program will pay out or help at all. And so that's where the concern is that not enough people are signed up. So reopening it could give some opportunities. If we look at the forecast uh, average from you know, March to the end of the year, that forecast, forecast margin is $7.79 per hundredweight. So if you signed up at the $9.50 per hundredweight, you would certainly get payments. But since production above 5 million pounds could not um, insure above $8 per hundred weight, it's likely that volume in California that's insured at that $9.50 level is not very high. Um, that's why in the letter um, of support to the proposal that uh, Western United, Milk Purchase Council, and California Dairy Campaign sent to USDA, we stress the importance of allowing a higher production volume into Tier 1 if DMC enrollment reopens. Uh, because currently milk above 5 million pounds can't sell like that margin of 950, which is where uh, a lot of the payments look like they're going to be. So without a more inclusive volume in tier one, the funds would disproportionately flow outside of California, um, leaving, you know, our dairy families without much needed funds. 
Um, obviously, you know, because each commodity group is hoping to get as large a share as possible from the available funds, it was really critical to quickly send a unified message. So this proposal, as you can see, I'm sure some people will find pros and cons and some of those concepts might not be perfect, but it does carry the weight of the two largest dairy associations in the U.S. Um, and in addition, you know, the three uh, trade associations in, in California supported it too. So um, the production cutbacks are not necessarily popular with everyone, but in light of all the processors and co-ops having to dump milk, uh, cutbacks were going to impact most dairy farmers anyway. And so getting a higher milk price on what's actually produced is really critical. So we'll keep you updated, obviously, as soon as we hear what USDA decides and how they want to use um, the funds available in the CARES Act. So in the meantime, you talked about dumping milk. What should producers do if they're asked to dump milk at their farm? Right. And so obviously, you know, producers need to listen to what their their processors needs are at this time. But um, the USDA is fortunately providing some flexibility through the FMMO. So milk that's associated with the federal milk marketing order will be allowed to be dumped at the farm, but still priced and pooled on the order. And so obviously the pooling handler would need to uh, notify the FMMO of that. So that's just a good reminder to if there's volumes dumped to keep recording them. Um, RMA, which is the USDA's risk management agency, also said it will allow dump milk to be counted as milk marketing. So if you've signed up for dairy RP or LGM dairy, um, those volumes could still count um, in, your, in your total, regardless of whether the milk was sold or not. Um, so I think, you know, that that's helpful, again, as a reminder to keep track of uh, volumes. All right. Sounds good. That was a ton of information. Thanks, Annie. And for any question, again, you uh, can always send me an email at Annie at WUDairies.com. Thanks for joining us for this special episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. Again, if you have any suggestions for the podcast, please send us an email at wud.pod at gmail.com. You can also call the office or your field representative with any questions you have about the content of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our Western United Dairies business sponsors, G.A.R. Bennett, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Yosemite Farm Credit, FNR Ag Services, Farm Credit Alliance. We are so grateful to our sponsors and encourage listeners to support them whenever possible. If you'd like more information about business sponsorships or you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please send an email to info at weddairies.com. That's I-N-F-O at W-U-D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot com. <laughs>